Welcome to Empowering Leaders Podcast, where we redefine leadership so you can take your people where you want them to go. I'm Yaja. And I'm Alex. If there's ever a time to empower our leaders, it's now. Whether it's a pandemic, a natural disaster, political upheaval, challenges faced in the workplace, or even personally, great leadership is key. No matter the crisis, or even if there is none, our episodes are filled with relevant conversations around what it takes to be an empowered leader. We'll have guests joining us as we dive deep into ways in which we can all communicate more clearly, build a stronger culture, engage and influence with relevance, and so much more. We'd love your feedback so that we can make this epic for you and we can all learn and create a world of empowered leaders because empowered leaders empower leaders. So we invite you to rate our show and share your feedback in your review. Now, let's jump in and explore. Hello and welcome to another episode of Empowering Leaders podcast. I am truly honoured to have with me a very special guest, Martin Stark, and he will be sharing with us um, some, uh, we'll be having a conversation around the courage to be inclusive and um, around diversity. Um, And I would love for you, Martin, if you wouldn't mind, to please introduce yourself a little bit. Tell, Tell us a little bit about your story. So my story, my Martin Stark, live in Sydney. It's a beautiful, cold winter's morning in Sydney. <laughs> yes. Um, I've worked in procurement for the last 15 years. My job title is an IT strategic sourcing leader. I'm the person who negotiates those big technology, software, hardware Yikes. agreements, makes things happen for corporations. Wonderful. I'm also very passionate about inclusion and mm. I have the word courage tattooed on my back. I was a perfectionist, (laughs) never reaching my own standard. And I remember a performance review which said, Martin needs to be more courageous. So I just decided to make a few changes, be more confident and courage is tattooed on my back. And that's what I talk about. Have the courage to be yourself and be who you are. I love that. And I love that this one little incident this one little word or sentence from that review triggered such a a huge change for you that's awesome it was it's one of those moments where you look back on the year you put all of this time and effort and you get the high marks the high achiever the outstanding but one word can either make you feel happy or sad for me i just wanted to look at it and, and what did it say And it was be more courageous. Mm. And the next year's review basically said, Martin has gone from taking direction to giving direction. Nice. That's brilliant. So So tell me, what what does courage mean to you? Courage to me means the ability to be myself unapologetically. Yes. I am openly gay. Yeah. I've been in two induced comas. I have a rare autoimmune disease. I've had 70 hospital admissions. Yes. And through that, I didn't realize how courageous I was being. Yeah. I was just getting through life and trying to do the best that I can. Yes. But now courage means being myself. Yes. And not letting fear and what other people think hold me back. Yes. And a beautiful example of 
uh, of that was our conversation before we started recording, how I was expressing my opinion about something um, around your videos or whatever it was at the time. And you were so humble and accepting of yeah. my point of view. You yeah. you didn't fold and you didn't think that, oh, maybe I should, but you accepted it very, very, very kindly and generously. And and I think that's that's something that is very closely related to courage as well. It's interesting because sometimes the, in the pre- I will do and immediately apologise because I don't want the other person to be upset. Yes. But at the same time, you're then compromising who you are absolutely and i sometimes feel we've lost the ability to have honest and open dialogue yeah. but not engage with respect we can disagree yeah. and it's fine but we'll find something that will interconnect through that conversation yeah. yeah yeah definitely that is so so very true and i love this whole thing of um inclusion and diversity because we are all so very very different and, you know, I, I think in, especially in workplace environments, we forget that there is more to inclusion and diversity than simply people being, um, having a different opinion or yeah. people doing things differently. It's very much, it's a cultural thing that can be about gender. It can be about sex. It can be about color. It can be about the culture. How, how important or to what extent do you see this whole aspect of inclusion and diversity? Um, why is it so important in the workplace? It's important for the workplace. We spend most of our waking hours during the week at work. We invest yes. a lot of our time and effort emotionally into work. Yeah. But at the same time, can you imagine leaving an important part of you behind as you left home? Yeah, an example, I did not come out of the closet until I was 27. Yeah. And it would be hard to think, I'm going into work, what is going to happen if they know I'm gay? Are they going to discriminate against yeah. me? Are they going to bully me? Yes. Will I have fewer opportunities? Yeah. Imagine the psychological torture that would, you would have to go through. Yes. And in the last 20 years, great progress has been made by corporations in inclusion and diversity. Yeah. To the extent that me being gay yeah. does not mean I can't pursue opportunities. Yes. But I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Yes. There are still real problems to yes. be solved. It's not just the policies and procedures. Yeah. It's the practices, it's the behaviors, and it's not about quotas, it's not about tokenism, it's about actually yeah. meaning. Are you a fair organisation to work for? Yes. And most organisations are, but let's just make it fairer for everybody. That's what inclusion and diversity really means now. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some examples of ways that people or organisations are still not being inclusive and not considering diversity? I think we've come into an age of vanity metrics. A lot of companies will issue a statement saying we are proud to support our gay employees. We are proud to support ex-employees. In some ways you're saying we are proud to comply with our anti-discrimination policy. Yes. But at the same time is that masking that there is homophobia, there is racism, there is sexism everywhere. Yeah. And by saying that you're proud to stand with these employees, it's no longer enough. Yes. 
what companies have done a great job of is supporting things like marriage equality, establishing their brand with fairness because it connects with customers, shareholders. But there's a level, like a bubble, that if you're an employee who may be suffering from homophobic jokes at a remote location, you're far from the corporate head office, do you feel safe enough to speak up? Mm. If the answer is no, yes. then that really means corporations, you need to just continue this journey. Yes. An example, a great example is Qantas a few years ago said, we have done great work here, but we need to do more work spending with indigenous suppliers. Yes, understand. at t last year announced they would spend $3 billion with black-owned and minority-owned business in America. Wow. And they've published, you know what, we've, we've almost reached our target, but we want to do more. Right. Whereas Salesforce and other companies are now saying we will be spending money mm. with black businesses, black owned businesses. Mm. Whereas for me, AT&T showed the leadership yes. of, of doing that, but also saying, you know what? We've got more we've, to do. We've got more to do. Yeah. So how does courage come into this? Courage comes into this because I think from a corporation, the biggest risk are always about your brand and reputation. Yes. So if you're an employee and you feel you're being discriminated against, do you have feel that you're comfortable? Do you have the psychological safety to complain? Yeah. What happens if you speak up? Will you, will you leave? Yes. But if a company said, you know what, we want you to speak up so that you will be psychologically safe. The companies are actually saying, having the courage to say it is okay for you to say things aren't great. Yes. But it's also the courage of the individual to say, I'm being discriminated against. Yeah. This isn't fair. Yes. Because otherwise it comes back to that performance review, the microaggression, all, all of those things around culture, mm. sense of belonging and not fitting in. Yes. So I appreciate, thank you so much for, for sharing all that. It really does paint a great picture for me um, because I'm, I'm, I haven't been aware to that extent. Uh, what I would love to know is how can we bridge that gap? What needs to take place? Because I'm wondering whether it's because people are in, or companies are intentionally holding back or it's simply that they they don't know what to do. I think a lot of the time it's companies protecting their brand and reputation. Yes. I think the other thing is employees sometimes are waiting for others to say something or having yes. the permission to say something. Yeah, sure. And it's taken events of George Floyd being murdered. Yes, yes. The protests about the Black Lives Matter movement for mm-hmm. people to feel it's okay to share their voice. Yes. An example is Nike have hit the press recently because some of their employees have created groups on Twitter and Instagram, and they're anonymously saying when it's like working for their organization. So from a brand perspective, Nike have yes. to respond to that. Yes. There might not be a culture where those employees feel it's safe to speak up. Yeah. So I think it's about CEOs yes. who are making a statement about saying, we are committed to making a difference, saying this is how they want to make a difference. Yeah, sure. And what they're seeking from employees Yes. But it's also employees who feel mm. confident and passionate to start engaging in the conversation. Yes, exactly. No, I appreciate what you're saying there. 
so if so with employees because i it, it works both ways doesn't it it, it does it does it work requires both ways. the leaders and it requires the 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 people in general and as you said there has been a lot of progress over the years yeah. and there's still more to come of course yeah. um so what can the because even the middle level leaders or the all the yeah. different levels of leaders yeah. um probably probably are in a position where they 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 consider they don't have that power yeah. to speak as well what can they do in their circumstance what can they do to start making some changes it's for me it's always the simple changes so we talk about allyship are you an ally of the lgbtqi community are you an ally of a different community yes and then just reaching out saying you know what i'm your friend and and maybe in a team meeting if you have a team meeting on a tuesday morning at nine o'clock yeah. yeah for the last five minutes just talking about what you can do to support a colleague or a friend nice one and then yeah. also from that team meeting, you might go to your leadership team meeting. Yes. You then take it back up to your leadership. Got so it. It, it becomes part of the conversation. But also if you see something which isn't right. Yes. So if, if I am subjected to homophobic jokes. Yeah. And 10 people laugh. Yes. And you're the one person who doesn't laugh and say, you know what? You might not say publicly, but privately you say to the person, you know what, Martin didn't like that. Yeah. It's those behaviours yes. which make the change. That's right. But it's got to be the leadership coming up, but it's also, it's, and on why I talk about the courage to include, it's including yourself. Yeah. Yes. But also having the courage at the top to include. Yes, yes. But the biggest impact is yes. you as a consumer, yeah. as a customer. Got you. How many times are you asked to give feedback in a customer satisfaction survey? How many times do you ask to stand the line? Yes. So an example, I wanted to know about what a certain Australian business was doing to support indigenous businesses. Yes. I sent a message on Facebook, didn't get a response. I sent a message through their contacts, I didn't get a response. On my LinkedIn, I had a second connection with the CEO. Mm -hmm. So I sent a direct message saying, hey, I'm a customer of your organization. Would love to know what you're doing. I got a, a beautiful response within two days. Nice. So for me, the CEO of the organization yeah. takes this seriously. Right. And then said, by the way, if you need to get in contact, this is the right email to go through. Yes. So you have so many different ways. But I think the biggest impact okay. is yes. as a customer, you have yes. more power. And then you think about, as a customer, you're indirectly impacting employees because if customers care, yes. business. I love that. So there are different levels of yeah. impact that yeah. can occur on an organisation. Yeah. Um, depending on the depending on the circumstances, and it's interesting because internally, often it is a lot more difficult, or it seems more difficult. Yeah. I, th yeah. I I'm wondering also whether, and this is where courage comes into it. Yeah. Because often people fear speaking up because of the consequences that yeah. often are imagined. Yes. And many of them may not be so imaginary. But it could be things like, well, if I, get, if I speak up, then I'm going to be excluded. Yes. If I speak up, it could mean that I could lose this particular role. If I yeah. speak up, it could mean that I'm going to get fired or it means that I'm going to get shifted to another branch or whatever it happens yeah. to be. 
um, or I'm going to get reprimanded and, and people are going to look at me, et cetera, et cetera. So these things hold people back. Yes. So again, this is where the, the, that courage thing, how, does that, how can that help people overcome all those concerns that I just mentioned? I think that the first thing is the imaginary fear. I use fear as a source of information. How is it making me feel? Yeah. Do I want to take an action? If so, what actions can I take mm-hmm. which limit the impact to me? Mm-hmm. So you may fear speaking up, mm-hmm. but you might get the opportunity to participate in an anonymous survey or give indirect feedback. Yeah. So, or, or, the, or there might be a person you trust. Um, yes. You may have a mentor or somebody who's actually quite senior. Yeah. You can go and have an indirect conversation. You trust them. Yeah. Hey, look, I don't feel comfortable speaking to HR or to the general mm. manager, but I trust you. Would you mind just sensing out what, what can I do? Is there a way I can do things? Yes. The other thing is maybe asking someone who's outside your organization who might be in your social circle. You mm. might know somebody who works in HR or as a general manager. Yeah. Go and ask them for their, there are people who've been there and done that. Yes. The, the different ways and, and the courage is, is more than just, I'm going to speak up. Don't put your safety, psychological safety, financial security, don't put those things at risk. Yeah. But find a way you can engage mm. where you feel supported. Yeah. And that's where allyship and ad- ad- advocacy comes mm. in again. Mm. And about you... You, also, you being the person that if your employer or peer approached you, would you support them? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate those. You know, it's interesting. Again, there's different aspects of it that would come up because there's the people who are having the problems, the issues yeah. that are feeling like they're being victimised. Yeah. And that's another story because no one's really a victim. Yeah. There are choices. Yeah. Um, so that's another aspect. We've also got those people who do want to make changes, who seriously want, they can see that all this is happening. And there are many ways that we can offer ideas, solutions, yeah. op- you know, possibilities that um, I think very often um, businesses may not even know what they can personally do because they don't ask for feedback. Yeah. However, we can give feedback. So whether it's anonymously or directly, or as you said, I love actually what you suggested in weekly meetings or team meetings to even for one person to say, I'd love for us to include five minutes at the end of our meeting where we can have a conversation about how we can bridge the gap between, you know, the company and diversity and our, yeah. everyone's differences i think that's a fantastic way and it's and it's a very positive and it is a positive um, way uplifting conversation that can be had without feeling that you're being judged or criticized or put down um so everyone's opinions are valid opinions yeah. and experiences it's most corporations have an inclusion and diversity department yeah. There might be employee action groups. There yeah. might be community groups. If you're passionate, yeah. get involved. Go yes. along. You might be able to be on the executive leadership team of an employee action yeah. group. Yeah. We get to speak with senior leaders. Yes. Companies want to do the right thing by their employees because also employees are representatives of the community. 
yeah. they're customers. Yes. So there are so many different ways you can. There are. Um, or so for me, I'm involved with with boxing, and I want to create mm. the world's first yes. inclusive so LGBT boxing competition. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. my way. I can be involved in ten projects, but it's more impactful to be involved in one. Yes. So yes. get involved, or if we're for a smaller business and the owner, and you might have a community fair or something, why don't you invite people to join you in your community at the same time? Yes. That yes. way we learn and share experiences. Absolutely, and in 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 your own way, you're adding to the change taking place. We 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 don't have to make big changes for change to happen. No. And. You know, every little bit will turn into a snowball effect over time, as it has already. As you said, yes. you know, for you to come out and be openly gay now is like, yep, so what? Yeah. You know, once upon a time it was, you know, like God forbid. But nowadays it is so common. The thing is it took years to get to that point. Well, I will. Years to get to that point. See, and my other concern with inclusion and diversity is complacency. Yes, um, good one. Marriage equality mm. was achieved. Yeah, almost three years ago with a vote. Yeah. Yeah. Now, pride in diversity. Now, you're talking about Australia or elsewhere? Um, I, I, I'm going to talk about Australia first and foremost, yeah. but I yeah. probably will talk elsewhere as well. But yeah. pride in diversity, which is an LGBTQ inclusive for employ organisers for employers, mm. the latest survey in Australia showed more people were actually going back into the closet yeah so more people were responding saying they're not out at work yes so there's been a, a decline right in australia now in a, in america yeah um they've only just recently secured a right in the federal court mm. about you can't be fired for being gay in certain circumstances it's shocking to even think that people would be fired just because of that i just but can't the, understand it but anyway there but we go the other thing happening in america is because of the political system where corporations they don't they donate to politicians so some corporations who may get a 100 percent in the human rights commission equality index and you're making public statements that you support your lgbtq employees some of those corporations donate money to politicians yes. who vote against equality yes so yes. it's yes. it's always complacency is we secure a legal right, but that doesn't mean equality and fairness happens. Exactly. It's always a constant conversation. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yes, and we and with businesses it's about the bottom line. Yes. And uh, they want the results to take place. You know, and the interesting thing is if these businesses and their people got together, they would see that it really doesn't matter who is in the role as long as they are the ones that are best suited for the organisation. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing because which is what culture is all about. It's yeah. about having the people on board that are a match for the culture. Um, and, and if the culture is inclusive, and this is the thing I think that many people need to realise, that we've got choice. You know, if I'm in an organisation where there is that um, a, a lack of inclusion, 
and diversity, I don't have to stay there. There's nothing that binds me to it. And this is, it's an interesting thing. People think that they have to stay there. It's the only job I can get. I've been there for so long. What will it mean for my family? The thing is, you know, I think courage is also an opportunity to step away from something that's detrimental. It, it is. And this and is I where can see you. corporations yes. need to start changing. Look, I'm aware of people coming to this country, yeah. changing their names to a Western-sounding name yes. to increase their chances of getting a job. Yes. Cultural fit. Yes. What does that mean? Does that mean you don't want a black employee? You yeah. do not want, and we, there are certain communities who don't yet have sufficient power and have a voice to make the change. Yeah. And yes. that's where allyships and people I'm speaking with are saying, mm. white people do the heavy lifting. Mm. Mm -hmm. And what they're saying is, you know, be our friends, be our allies, make it so that when I apply for the job, mm. it's on merit not yes. because, and I'm excluded. I agree with you. And, and I suppose what I was talking about was, you know, if, if I feel that I'm being bullied in a workplace yeah. for whatever reason, and yeah. I have been in circumstances yeah. like that, if I feel I'm being bullied and I feel disempowered, then me staying in that workplace is going to be more detrimental to me. If I don't mm -hmm. feel I have a voice then I shouldn't stay there. And I yeah. chose not to. I left yeah. this particular environment for that reason. <clears throat> and after I left, which was taking action, taking action, yeah. I left. I was able to regain that power, that inner power, and could do something about it by having left. And then I can go and choose. So not all companies are going to change at the same pace. No. So... You know, if I feel I'm being victimised, again, that word, then staying in that workplace is not going to be helpful to me. Yes, that company still needs to change their culture, but it also means um, I've got to do something. If I can't make a difference in that organisation, then get the hell out of there. Yeah. Make a difference elsewhere where they're prepared to, where there's a better chance of change because that will affect even that company over time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because we, I think we've all left jobs. We haven't been happy with. Yes. And we talk about those stories. And then sometimes if you're in a large corporation and organization, it might be one certain division or one certain team. Yeah. But then you move into a different team. It is completely different. So yes. There's also inclusion and diversity within an organisation. Yes. Different levels around. of it. Different yes. levels and so many. Yeah. I think this is where we limit our thinking just to the presence of what I'm currently doing. Absolutely. Having I the courage agree. to include is. Yes. And I don't know how many times you've been to a seminar or a forum and they're asking people to, do you have any suggestions for any ideas? And everybody's here. Yes. And it's the same people putting their hands up. Yes. And then you see that person might be promoted in six to 12 months because yes. he, she or they have built a, rep a reputation, a dialogue and have yes. shown they can change. So really, yes. I don't think organisations are wanting you to sit there with your arms folded. Yes. They well, some are, some do, some, some are, do. Maybe do, I don't know. But it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Look at, you know, and in my opinion, I think that the majority of organisations <clears throat> corporate or otherwise, 
are open to hearing to getting uh feedback yeah honestly i I really do think so they may not have the best structure in place but i think honestly the majority of people and doesn't matter on what their age is you know if if the ceo is 80 whatever i think that there is still an attitude of we want to be able to include we just don't know how and we just don't know what really is the problem so i agree with you i think that you know, if people are in a position that they can speak up, then they should speak up. They should, yeah. I would yeah. always make sure your psychological, your physical and psychological safety first and foremost. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, the challenge for corporations is we're now talking about systemic yeah. and structural racism and discrimination. Yes. It's not just that you have an inclusion diversity training program and anti-discrimination policy. Yeah. It's actually looking. And this is the courage of organisations to go, you know what? this is what's wrong this is what we need to do because your employees are waiting for you to hear what you're going and most companies now have made public statements saying we are against racism we are want to make a change and your reputation is is now going to be based on what you are doing because in my professional procurement yeah 10 years we've been asking questions about the environment yeah do you have an anti-discrimination policy? We, we talk about modern slavery yes. because modern slavery is a huge problem. When we talk about modern slavery in your supply chain. If you have a manufacturing plant in a certain parts of the world, we ask questions is, are you treating those employees fairly? Mm-hmm. So I actually think procurement will take more of a lead in, our, in asking these difficult questions. Good one. And I think in, Customers will be asking more difficult questions and, and corporations are going to have to come up with statements, metrics, reports about what they're doing to make a difference. So change is happening. Yeah. Courageous companies are the ones who lead that change. Yes. Because you don't want to be in the front page of a newspaper, be in a hashtag or anything else because yeah. that will happen. Yes, yes. And that's an interesting point you're making about the media because the media does grab hold of the negative experiences yeah. that people have. And, you know, it, it, it seems to be like so logical to me yeah. that if I want to be excluded from these negative experiences yeah. as a corporation or whatever, as a company, as a business, then what is what what do I have to do to make the experience a more enjoyable one for my for the people in my business? What is it? What what do I have to do? What does our company have to do to create a better customer experience? You know, it, it seems to be kind of logical, but it doesn't seem to be as logical it for most people. I, I sometimes think going back to the way my grandparents used to talk about the golden age of the second world war in many ways that you know they would go to the local shop it was yeah. rationing yeah. the shopkeeper knew who they were would look out yeah. for them they would share rations with their neighbors yeah. if there was a wedding or a birthday yeah. the community looked out for each other yes and with covid-19 we've seen a resurgence in supporting the local businesses and yes. and i think just if you think back Good old-fashioned customer service, yeah. building that rapport. Yeah. The Disney model has always been happy employee, happy customer. Yes. Look after your employees. Look after your customers. Yeah. And it, 
if we can get back to that, yeah. and I think small businesses in Australia excel at that. They, they do. They do. You, and, and it's interesting because you talk about family business environment because yeah. it doesn't matter how small or how large an organisation yeah. is, you can still have a family experience. Yes. And maybe that is something that is uh, an indicator because, you know, if it's a, an organisation that is, you know, filled with bullies, yeah. I can tell you what, there's a very good chance that those people are experiencing some really unpleasant, unhappy um, situations at home. Yeah. And, and it's only been in recent years for me that it suddenly dawned on me that going to work and my interactions with the other people at work yeah. should be no different in many ways to how I would interact with people socially or at home. Yeah. You know, I should be just as honest with the people at work as I might be at home. And if I'm not honest at work, I should also see how honest am I at home. Yeah. So one is going to be a reflection of the other. So for some LGBTQ people yeah. who may not be out at home yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. imagine if they come to work and yeah. at least they can go, oh, you know, my yeah. colleagues know where I'm going. I can't tell my parents. I can't tell yeah. my family. I'll be just... Imagine yeah. just kind of going, but imagine their fear of at home, they're going to be bullied, they're going to be excluded, coming to work, the same experience. Yes, yes. Imagine the, the torture. It like would imagine, be. Or if you can be openly gay at home with your friends, but you come in yeah. and they'll want to, when I, my first manager after leaving university, yeah. homophobic, you know, would make the gay yeah. joke, would go to meetings and I would be expected to join in. Yeah. And then there would be people on the call. I was a call center manager. And then I found out years later that I was always a speculation in the smoking room. Is Martin gay? Is Martin this? Yeah. And then you would hear the people who would say, I love the gays. They yeah. do this. They're so flamboyant. I go to the gate. I love, I'm not, I'm not a toy. Yes, exactly. So if I came out of the closet, Talk to me. Very, I would be very brave. Yeah. But then would I be your puppet? Or yeah. Because then the, the jokes, all of those other things, am I expected then to be the, yeah. the person you joke with? Or yes. it, it was toxic, both from, yeah. A, from the management, yeah. but also the employees who were yeah. speculating in yeah. their general comments are the homophobic yeah. or we're, we're toys. You know? yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can only say how it saddens me when 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 i hear that there are there are such experiences uh and in some ways i kind of of sorts experienced yeah. when i joined the police force when i was in my late 40s and i was a woman and there were some i had some awful experiences mm. as well and so i can kind of empathize differently of course yeah. So there are changes that have to take place on so many different levels. The, yeah. the, the company owners, directors, board, whatever, they need to make changes. The different leaders at different levels, they need to make changes. The staff, everyone, yeah. you know, the, the, the ones who are looking at what's happening need to make changes. The ones that are going to have it most difficult are the ones in the position of um, not being included. So yeah. the um, LBT. I always forget the which order L. L G. Oh, you know we. 
them, that group. All the time. Yeah, or or the black community. And, you know, I ran an Aboriginal community and so there were so many issues in that community and that's a whole other story that I'd love to talk about on another occasion. Um, But everyone, everyone needs to have conversations, I think, for those being affected it is going to be the most difficult because there's so much emotion that's connected to it. And I think everyone else definitely has a a responsibility to step up, to start doing something about it. I love the suggestions that you'd made um, about the meetings. To me, that's the, that's the best one. I think even if the company can't or disagrees with having it in the meeting, then have small groups of positive conversations elsewhere during lunch break or whatever um, or go to a cafe and have a lovely conversation where people are starting to communicate on that level rather than speculate rather than question and talk about people behind their back yeah and having some strong people who are prepared to stand up for the rights of others as well yeah um, structures obviously need to be put in place. Not enough, as you said, for HR to have a policy written there about, yes, we are inclusive of diversity. That's BS. Um, how do you actually make that happen? And maybe, you know, the, the different suggested ideas and maybe their representatives should also start instigating some things. It is. I, I think often it's just a few simple practical steps. So... Yeah. I, at the moment, what I'm hearing through my own network is black employees in the UK have been said, oh, what is it like for you? So you might be the only black employee in an organisation or team. Yeah. That person is an individual. They're not representative of the entire community. So How to treat a person. How to treat yeah, so a human being like a human being. <laughs> there's lots of material out there. So if you're serious about this, go and do the reading first of all. Yeah. Do the heavy lifting. Then come and have that conversation. And I, it could be the CEO reaching out to, there are, in a large organisation, that there are always people who have the courage and who know will actually tell you what's going on without fear. Maybe reaching out to the people who are comfortable sharing that experience. Yes. But listening, just listening to what people have to say. Yeah. Um, see, also reaching out within your own network. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. That's where the intersectionality comes along well that company's doing this we're going to do the same knowledge sharing information it's not exclusive when it comes to human beings yes it's about collaborating yes that is quite fascinating because what it's triggered for me is this whole thing of the human being because we're not gay human beings we're not women human beings we're not old human beings or young human beings we're not black human beings we're human beings yeah and it's irrelevant of the type the kind or whatever we're simply human beings so how can one human being treat another human being i mean ultimately that encompasses all our differences and how can i behave in a way that addresses encourages includes appreciates values your differences whatever they may be yeah it's interesting the debate about black lives matter and the protests how quickly it became about the monuments and statues how quickly did we move on to what is the real issue here that we're talking about 
Yeah. Why? Why are people out there on, whether you disagree with it, that, that's yeah. fair enough, but why is it that people are doing that? And people seem to be more outraged about statues than people. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I saw something about the, uh, you know, the, the presidents being carved out of the wherever it is that they... Yeah. yeah, that, I mean, I'm like, what the hell? I mean, seriously? Anyway, yes, yes. I, I don't know why that happens. Perhaps it's simply people need some reason to complain about something and the yeah. media doesn't help that either. And no. again, it probably was only a few people, but the media grabbed a hold of it. They do. Or social media grabbed a hold of it and it just yeah. went went on and turned something, a molehill or what is it, a, a mountain out of a molehill. So, you know, what can you do about it? But I, in the end, I think the message that you're saying is that we're each responsible yes. to, take, to take action, to start making some changes in our own way, yes. to be informed. We don't have to be the Encyclopedia Britannica of whatever diversity we simply no. need to be informed that these things happen and yeah. we've got yeah. to we are all contributing towards the improvement or the degradation of the environment within yeah. the workplace yeah yeah and i'm not a fan of boycotts i'm not a fan of naming and shaming yeah but i am a fan of you know you as a as a customer yeah if you like a certain brand and it aligns with your values you know what if you can afford to, it's the right price point. Why don't you choose brand X yes. over brand Y? And if you really like it, what they're doing, yes. shit. The biggest feedback is often the positive feedback, what they're doing really well. The yeah. more you said your customers like it, the more corporations yes. will invest their time. Yes, yes, yeah. That's, that's interesting because... You know, generally speaking, I would agree with you in the sense that um, positive feedback is usually the thing that stands out. All it takes is one negative feedback yeah. that can pull a company apart, can pull an organisation or a culture apart. And, of course, that happens even how many people say, oh, that, you know, you know what gays are like or you know what the blacks are like or you know what the, you know, the... Yeah lesbians or the bloody feminists or whatever alike all it takes is one someone's one bad experience or one negative experience to turn everyone for some reason against um yeah which yeah so i i, I guess the way i see it is you know, the more positive we are about experiences the more we can explore what are the good things about being different yeah I mean, who is, is there any two people on this planet, are there any two people on this planet that are identical? No. Any way? No. Even twins, identical twins, are they really identical? They have different personalities. That's it. Completely. And, yeah, so it, it just doesn't seem to make sense to have that diversity. But it's, you know, it is something that's going to, you know, in 10 years' time or even in five years' time, this whole topic is going to be on another level. Yes. Because we will have progressed to yeah. another level. And there will be other issues that will arise as well yeah. on another level. And as long as there are these conversations, and I love the fact that you are so passionate about it, Martin. I think that that is really commendable. And the fact that you've got this staying power 
that determination to make this difference within yeah. workplace environments. And um, truly, I, I thank thank you for for being there for that purpose. No, you're welcome. And it's often for me, it's what difference can I make? So I've decided to yeah. put myself out there to, to try and lead some of this change. Yeah. And using my professional skills, my professional experience, certainly in the procurement, we talk about diversity in the supply chain is not just actually in case supplier A falls down and going to buy from supplier B. It's actually, you know what? Innovation comes from diversity. Yes. Yes. Access to new markets. You see... If, but why do you only want to sell your products and services to a small section of society? Do you not want to reach out? Do you not want to build? Mm. An example is when you go on holiday, you, you, you come back with something of that culture that you've learned from the holiday. Yeah, that's, I love that. Do you, do you forget that memory or do you hold that dearly? I hold those memories dearly. Yeah. And I learned something from that. So Yes. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And um, it's interesting, like well, you started our conversation about, imagine if you left a part of you back at home and went into work without that part of you. In a sense, what you've shared there is by going to another country, we're actually bringing something extra. Yeah. So by leaving something behind, the company is missing out. So yeah. by bringing that with us, that part of it, our complete whole self into the workplace is offering so much more value to the workplace environment, the productivity, the outcomes, the bottom line that they want. Yeah. It's amazing how much if we, if every single one of us were 100% present emotionally, psychologically, physiologically, um, physically, every, all those all those aspects, how much of a difference it would make to the organisation. Massive. We have no clues how much of a difference. I remember... What makes the difference? My (laughs) favourite memory from the Sydney Olympics was 4 by 100 metre freestyle relay where Australia won gold. Right. Um, Where I was sitting... um, Was that in Sydney, that one in in 2000? In 2000. You would have been a little tyke. I was 25. Oh, my God. Few, I was sitting a few rows behind yeah. the American swimmer's mum. Yeah. So the last, so the American, I think it was Gary Hall Jr. dived in. Yeah. And Ian Thorpe dived in like a few moments later. I heard Gary Hall, I'm finished with going, but I heard the swimmer's mum say, we've got it now. And then there's Ian Thorpe, who was a teenager. Yes. He hadn't come out of the closet then, but obviously he was getting... Yes. So we have Australia's greatest Olympian, a gay man, yeah. win gold for Australia. Yeah. And the crowd... But my favourite memory was a proud mum saying she was supporting her son. Yeah. <laughs> she was still happy of her son. Yeah. But you also have the camaraderie between Australia and America. Yeah. Great friendships. And my other favourite memory from the Olympics was... A South African man who was sitting next to his son is deaf mm. and with the gun going off he couldn't hear so there was a light on his starting block and yeah. his son uh, won silver medal in the 200 meters breaststroke. Wow. But imagine sharing that experience with a proud father for a yes. son who is deaf yes. but still participated in the Olympics. Absolutely. What a great example of inclusion. Yeah I love that I love that and 
just because he was different. Um, yeah. Didn't hold him back, didn't no. stop him. And no. I love the courage that these athletes do yeah. share. And I, and for that reason, I suppose your boxing yeah. program that you've, you're starting up now, I think is going to be a wonderful demonstration of the courage that's needed um, within the sporting world even though it, you know, it shouldn't make any difference. It again. should make a difference. Yeah. We, unfortunately, we don't yet live in a society where homophobia yeah. stops people from participating in sports. Yeah. So there was a survey, I think it was out on the field to the survey a few years ago, which I think something like 75% of people in the survey did not think it would be safe for an openly gay person to be a spectator at like a big event. They wouldn't be subject to harassment. A spectator even. <laughs> and... Things like I think it's like nine percent of lesbians have been physically attacked. Fifteen percent of gay men have been physically attacked. Wow! You think about Israel Folau, what he's saying. Yeah. Imagine if you'll get so my boxing championships they're straight friendly. Yes. World Gay Boxing Championships is an LGBTQ yes. inclusive. Yes. So where people can start the sport of boxing, and I hope by the end of the decade, yeah, the championships may still be going, but the the purpose of it is to to provide an opportunity for people to participate in sport, to bring the sport of boxing yes. and the LGBTQ and the wider community together. Let's yeah. celebrate humanity. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see yes. what happens. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's really fantastic. I think that's going to be um, an interesting time, interesting times ahead as a result yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. Good on you. Really, really is fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, Martin, thank you so much. I would love to ask or invite you, do you have any final words that you might like to share, some, some wisdom, some, some tips to help people perhaps be more inclusive and especially, you know, and it's interesting, I was going to say as a leader, but really as soon as we start having the attitude of inclusivity, we are a leader in our own right. So we're leading the way. So I'd love for you to share. So imagine you're hosting a dinner party. Yes. You're sending invites to your guests. And sometimes it would say, please let me know about your dietary requirements. Yes. Somebody might be a vegetarian. Somebody might be allergic to nuts. So yeah. they come back and they tell you what they need to join your dinner party. Love that. Think about if you're going to host an event or something, do you know your... You just asking it, what is it that I can do to you to make you feel yes. a bit more welcome? Yes. A sense of belonging. Yes. Just by you asking that question. Love that. Shows you care. Yes. And you value the friendship. Just yes. always keep that. What is it that I can, what else can I do for you? Yeah. At the same time, what can you do for me? Because then yeah. you're having a conversation. Yeah. It's reciprocal. Reciprocal. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's a very beautiful example, actually. Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting because even that took some time to, about diets. You know, there used yeah. to be a time, oh, you don't eat meat? What are you? And it, yeah. You know? Whereas now it's a lot more acceptable and it's perfectly yeah. fine. Um, yeah. I love that. that. That's a great analogy and a wonderful way to finish, Martin. Yeah. I appreciate the time that you've taken. Thank you so, so very much. I, I'm sure that people are going to get so much value from this conversation. Yeah. No, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. And as always, I love speaking with you. Thank you. 